The following program is underwritten in part by World's Best Cat Litter. You love your cat, but you don't love the litter box mess. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter and get a cleaner litter box with less hassle and less litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and in your local grocery and pet stores. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And if you're trying to think what to get your pets for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever holiday well, you celebrate. Well, this isn't just a, for pets. This is for the pet lover. Oh, you're going to have the big list today, right? Yes. This is for the humans. You're very excited about this. I, I am. See right There's now. just so many cool things out. <laughs> and we're just going to do, we're going to take a couple of weeks and do them for the next couple of weeks since this is like, you know, Black Friday weekend. I don't think I've ever weeks. seen you this excited <gasps> oh, here. Oh, it's just so much good Any stuff. Any giveaways? We're going to have giveaways? We are going to have giveaways. Okay. So that's on the show today. You're going to hear some great items for both the pet and the pet owner today. As we kick it off on this uh, sort of uh, Black Friday weekend. And I say that because nobody shops on Black Friday anymore. Nobody nobody wakes up at 5 in the morning. And uh, Yeah, I love to see the stores. Black Friday all month, every Friday. I know. Yeah. They started earlier and earlier, it seems like. And I yeah. love to see that some of these stores were finally closed on Thanksgiving and not open and making their workers work all day. Okay, yes. so that's What just... are we going to do with our relatives? They're going to have to stare at the relatives and we'll be like, thank God we can go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's on the way. And in just a few minutes, we're also going to talk to Eric of Eric and PD fame. And you may have seen this video. It has over 50 million views 50 to 60 million views more than that yes this guy weighed 300 i believe 320 pounds and a dog saved his life he went out he rescued a dog and the dog actually saved his life he now weighs 180 pounds is that correct 75 pounds okay so that's on the way in just a few minutes right here on animal radio Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom well, this is, you know, like we were talking about, uh, holidays, time of year, so everybody's either going to jump in the car or, you know, hop on an airplane and go somewhere. But what do you do with your pets if you can't take them along? Well, you'd have to hire be. a pet center, I would imagine. Well, you might have to if there's not some, you know, human in your family who can stay home with your fur children. So uh, we're going to talk about ways to, you know, so there's some organizations you can go through to look for a good pet sitter and also what you need to know besides that to, to really hone in on some of the, the finer aspects of hiring a pet sitter. Okay. Because we also, I, I did some interviewing of our own Judy Francis here. Yeah. I was going to say she probably learned something from this, I, but maybe she uh, could teach it. Maybe. <laughs> okay, that's on the way in just a couple of minutes. We're going to go to the phones first for your calls. Calls for Dr. Debbie or for dog father Joey Volani. Your grooming questions or your vet questions. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five, and you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. So let's go to line BlackBerry. Two. Yep, yeah, I know. <laughs> What's that? Uh, line five. Is that okay? How long has that line been waiting? Do we even have a line five? I, I didn't even did. know. Poor but thing. People been hanging on there forever. We've never answered line five. Okay, this is the first time. Well, hello, Louise. How are you? Oh, I'm just fine. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Royal Grandy, California. Oh, probably listening on KVEC, I imagine. Yes, we are. Well, how can we help you? I have the whole team here for you. Well, uh, I, I'm going to get a new Siamese kitty. Cool. And I'm oh, also wonderful. going to get an Abyssinian 
Now, I've had uh, uh, Siamese all my life, but I just found out a uh, thing I never knew. But the Abyssinian, I was very concerned because I ran into a lady that used to work for my vet, and she's retired now. But she was very surprised I was only getting one Abyssinian. And I says, well, why is that? And she says, well, do you know that when you, if they have any kind of emergency where they need, uh, you know, blood, uh, the normal uh, plasma and blood that the vets keep on hand won't work. It has to be a sibling of, you know, or a mother father of the Abyssinian. It can't be just another Abyssinian. Wow, is that, is that true, Doc? Well, it's a breed that the the type B blood type is more predominant, which is normally a very uncommon blood type in cats. Um, so there, there's some thought to that, yeah. So that's one thing. Otherwise, um, you can always have a kitty uh, blood typed, um, and yeah. a good breeder, especially within the line of the Abyssinian, should be doing that already to yeah. be screening. She sent a, um, a swab uh, to uh, Davis to find out. Because perfect. Because yeah. some of her kittens were A and AB. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so got to do that. Yeah, and I think that's the, probably the best strategy, but um because I'd rather have a little bit of science rather than just say I'm going to have two cats in case one gets sick cuz you know, you never know if the other cat can actually be a donor. So that that could be a um a fallible uh, uh way to proceed here. Well, now is that true that but if I was to have uh my cat spaded now is there a lot too much loss of blood there or should I um have them bank the blood before? Not generally. So for a routine, um, so there's a couple different things at play here, and I guess I should say. So there's blood type related issues with um, the Abyssinian. So this is kind of a separate thing. And then there's some other inherited blood cell problems. So um, it's totally a different thing. So there's what we call um, a red cell fragility problem. So basically meaning that um, there's an inherited condition that's more common in breeds like the Abyssinian and the Somali particularly, where they can inherit a defect in their blood cells, which causes the cells to lyse or to be hemolyzed. And that can cause a very serious life-threatening anemia. So that's different than talking about a blood type incompatibility. So oh. that too, there, there there are some genetic tests that can be done for um, these type of conditions. And that's something where I think talking to your breeder about not just the blood typing, but are they checking for that as well as there's another uh, condition called a PK deficiency in, that's more common in Abyssinians. And that's also a blood cell related problem that can cause um, kind of episodes of anemia throughout their life. So um, that might be a situation where, yeah, maybe you'd want to have blood, but, you know, blood doesn't last that long, so it's not like you can put it in the fridge and pull it out a year or two later. Oh, you have see. to have fresh blood. So um, oh. I think that's where finding out in advance as much as you can is the best way to go, and then really making sure your breeder's doing good genetic screening. And there's a lot more, and it's not just with this breed. There's a lot of different conditions. If you look, say, types of retinal diseases and, and dogs, um, kidney diseases and things like uh, golden retrievers, there's genetic tests that we can actually do to help screen for some of these problems. So if you're really fancy to a certain type of breed, um, it really behooves everyone's sake to um, pursue this kind of genetic research. And this is one reason why I know everyone, we all want to rescue and we all want to save lives that are in the shelter. But this kind of research is really important for dogs' um, long-term survival and making sure we can help to produce good, healthy animals down the road, as well as helping to cross over to humans. So I think genetic testing is really very important. Yeah. 
Well, I was I was told that it's a possibility because the Siamese is AB blood that they could possibly, but that the breeder says she was going to check in at Davis to find out about the uh, Siamese that could uh, possibly be uh, used as a blood donor. But my main concern is. It has to be a family member. It can't be just another Abyssinian no, to give blood. It doesn't have to be. You know, it has to be a type B blood. So okay. an animal that has um, B blood cannot tolerate type A or AB blood at all. And okay. they will have very serious, rapidly fatal symptoms of incompatibility. So that means in the course of a blood transfusion, you don't have room for error if your cat is type B. Um, so that that's where the problem comes into play. So I wouldn't, you know, even entertain transfusing a cat with a B uh, blood type with an AB blood. Uh, that is just, it, it would be setting up for a, a problem. I see. Okay. That's a good. great question. Thank you so much for calling and uh, good luck with your kitty. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team right now. Don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List. Five things to know about pet diabetes. November is Pet Diabetes Month, and sadly, it's something that every dog and cat parent needs to know about. Anywhere between 1 in 100 and 1 in 500 cats and dogs are developing diabetes. Since diabetes can affect any dog or cat, I thought I'd share five things to know about pet diabetes. To begin with, it's a disease caused by a lack of insulin that affects the level of glucose or sugar in your dog or cat's blood. The glucose comes from the food that your pets eat. The food is broken down into very small components by the digestive system so that the body can use it for energy. Glucose is one of these components and an important source of energy. Glucose is absorbed from the intestines into the bloodstream where it travels to cells throughout the body. Insulin is required for the cells to absorb the glucose. Insulin is produced by the pancreas in response to the amount of glucose in the bloodstream. Healthy pets produce insulin easy, but pets with diabetes don't. In canine and feline diabetes, unused glucose builds up in the bloodstream. You know, diabetes is a condition that you can often see and identify noticeable changes in your dog or cat's behavior as well as other physical signs. Some of those signs include drinking more water than usual, increased hunger and eating while losing weight. They may urinate more frequently and have a reduction in activity, and in some cases, they may appear to have cloudy eyes. Again, all of these signs can mean something different, which is why it's so important for you to work with your veterinarian to determine what is actually going on. Some of the risk factors for pets include age. Older dogs and cats are more affected. Genetics, obesity, and inactivity are also factors. Next, it's critical that you work with a vet who not only understands your pet, but also diabetes in pets. Like a human with diabetes, it's important that you treat your pet's condition with vigilance and care. Your vet will diagnose diabetes by performing an in-depth health examination and testing your dog's urine and blood as well. Additionally, human diabetes and dog and cat diabetes are very similar. So much so that a dog or cat being treated for diabetes will be utilizing some of the same medication, equipment, and monitoring system that humans with diabetes use. I know many of you will ask if a diabetes diagnosis means a shorter lifespan for your pet. 
The good news is that with proper management, monitoring, and care, a dog or cat with diabetes can live a long life. Managing a dog or cat with diabetes will often involve blood monitoring, insulin injections, and a controlled diet. Your veterinarian will be the key to understanding your pet's needs, but you'll be the critical component of your pet's health maintenance and longevity. Share your pet diabetes tips on our Animal Radio Facebook page. This is Animal Radio. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You know, we hear so many stories about how animals rescue us. We rescue them and they rescue us. Definitely. We heard about uh, Shannon Kopp. You remember she was on about uh, two months ago. Mm-hmm. She's a bulimic. Mm-hmm. She had tried everything. She'd gone to therapy, psychotherapy, clinics, rehab, Rehabs. everything mm-hmm. to uh, break her bulimic patterns. And it wasn't until she met a dog, a dog in, I believe, the San Diego uh, Humane Society, maybe the Woodward. I, I forget. It was San Diego Humane Society, and it was several dogs that changed her life. And uh, I'm noticing that this seems to be a common theme. You know, I knew it all along. I knew that when I saved my animals, they saved me. I knew that. But I didn't realize that this is something that occurs to a lot of different people. There is a humane organization in Silicon Valley. It is, in fact, the Humane Society of Silicon Valley. They have a brand new national initiative called Mutual Rescue to bring attention to this very fact that when you save an animal, they could also save you. Awesome. And they have some great videos to prove it, as well as this gentleman, Eric O'Gray, is joining us. Hi, Eric. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Very good. Now, Petey... And I've seen the video. Maybe listeners haven't, but we'll post it up at our website so listeners can go directly to it. If you you haven't seen it, I encourage you to check it out after this next break here. It's a video about Petey, a dog who I believe is no longer with us. Is that correct? Yeah, he passed away in March uh, 2015. Okay. But he saved your life. You saved his life, and he saved your life, didn't he? Absolutely. It uh, uh, It was an amazing situation. I went to a naturopathic doctor. I was 330 pounds. Holy moly. Instead of uh, the usual situation, which was just prescribing medication, this one took a long time, spent a lot of time with me, and prescribed a rescue dog, asked (laughs) me to go down to my local shelter and adopt a dog. Now, what did you think when you heard that? Did you think this guy was crazy? You know, I... uh, um, I never, I, I hadn't even contemplated that. I asked, does it have to be a dog? Could it be a cat? And she said, have you ever walked a cat? And she just looked at me very seriously and again repeated that I should go down to my local shelter and adopt a dog. Now, was this because in order to exercise the dog, you would also be getting exercise too? What were the reasons that she prescribed the dog? Two main reasons. Uh, first, because I'd become uh, so obese, I was 330 pounds, I'd become also very reclusive. The larger you get, the less you want to go outside. Sure. This is a, a common thing for uh, really big people. So I, I, I lost touch with all my friends, and I was just very much alone, and that was contributing to the underlying cause of my obesity. So 
by recommending a dog, what she was doing was uh, doing something that would not only force me to get outside twice a day and get basic exercise for walking my dog for half an hour twice a day, which was her prescription, but would also get me back in touch with the community, get me outside to see uh, sunlight, and just cause me to get back into life, and both things worked like a charm. And you have lost, uh, you weigh 180 now, is that correct? I'm about 175, so I lost. I lost. I went from 330 to 175 in the course of 10 months by doing nothing but walking my dog for a half an hour twice a day and switching from the standard American diet, which I call the window diet. That's when you drive up to the drive through window. They had to stop it through the window. So I switched from that to a whole food, plant-based diet with the uh, advice and counsel of my naturopathic doctor, and those things just completely changed and transformed my life. It took me from a, a position where I was, um, you know, I'd met my annual deductible for health care roughly in February of each year. <clears throat> I was paying uh, easily out of pocket over $1,000 a month for uh, medications, and I was on 15 different medications, including insulin, metformin, and a number of medications that were simply designed to alleviate the effects of other medications. And within <laughs> six months, I was off all drugs, and the only thing in my uh, medicine cabinet after that was Advil. Wow, that's amazing story. Amazing. And uh, Great P- story. Petey, yes. you, you saved Petey's life, obviously. Well, Petey was, uh, when, I, when he, I, I was very fortunate with Humane Society Silicon Valley. They have a, uh, a match program that's more like a true traditional matchmaker rather than like matchbot.com where you just kind of go in and look through the adoption windows and you pick out one based upon the way that they look. They were attempting to match animals with the person who would need them the most. So personality and and, uh, disposition and everything else. So I spent a long time talking to my interviewer and she said that she had the perfect dog for me and she walked Petey into the adoption room and his head was hung low and he kind of like looked up at me like, you can do better than this, can't you? (laughs) And I looked down at him because I, he wasn't what I expected either. He was about 25 pounds overweight. He was about 75 pounds. He he did not look to be in good health. He was extremely depressed. But the woman who was uh, matching us said, can you imagine that you have more in common with any other creature? And I said, no, I, I don't. So I decided to give him a try, and I took him home. And over the next three days, we kind of like stayed on opposite sides of the room and just kind of like looked at each other, <laughs> both being very suspicious of the other. And then on the third night, he jumped in my bed with me, and we were best friends ever after. Oh, I got goosebumps. I love that story. The uh, the video has been viewed, what, 50 million times? You know, between two different websites, it is at, um, I believe it's, it's fair to say it's over 60 million between two different websites. And on top of that, it's been translated into at least a dozen or more languages throughout the world. So I think it's fair to say over 75 million. Do you think it's making a big impact? I do. You know, when the film came out, Right after uh, February this year, suddenly I was getting tens of thousands of emails, including about two dozen marriage proposals. (laughs) (laughs) It had a great impact, I think, for sure. What do you suggest to somebody that could use an animal, usually? Do you say, okay, go down to the shelter, it changed my life, it can change yours? Absolutely. You know, if somebody is is starting to get out of touch with, with society, or you're sitting at home alone, and you're by yourself, and you don't have a best friend, you know, I really encourage you to go down to your local shelter and just see whether you strike up a bond, see whether you have a real strong bond with an animal. And uh, it could change your life. 
Congratulations. What an inspirational story. I encourage listeners to check out the website mutualrescue.org. Mutualrescue.org. And we'll put a link to the Eric and PD video over at animalradio.com. Eric O'Gray joining us. Thank you so much for hanging with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great conversation and I appreciate it. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with canine caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. A Winnipeg, Canada woman's fight to keep her pot-bellied pig as a service animal is not over yet. You might have heard about it. But here is the latest. The city council there is putting things on hold for a little while, deciding to put off voting until early next month on Emily Sider's appeal to keep her pet pot-bellied pig named Podgy. Now, the delay will allow the city council time to gauge whether Podgy qualifies for an exemption to the city's responsible pet ownership bylaw as a service animal and will also allow the city time to determine whether Podgy is assisting, in fact, with a disability while at the same time not forcing the city's animal services division to broadly just allow pot-bellied pigs as pets for everybody. Emily's father, this is a family thing, has argued on her behalf that the pig is being trained to assist Emily with mental health issues, also saying it's unfair for the city to allow dangerous dogs with restrictions but not pot-bellied pigs with any temperament. He was hoping that they would give Podgy a bylaw exemption because he says all of this uncertainty over what is going to happen to Podgy has been really very stressful for his daughter. Winnipeg City Council members, though, have expressed concern that allowing one additional animal as a household pet would open the floodgates. Emily's family says they are prepared to continue the fight to keep Podgy, the pet pot-bellied pig, as a service animal if their appeal is rejected by the city. Well, it's that time of year when families will be hitting the road for the holidays. More and more pet owners are, of course, taking their pets with them when they travel these days. But not every destination is pet friendly. And that time away from home may require you to enlist the services of a professional pet sitter. Somebody like Judy Francis over there. I'll do it. If yeah, I bet you, but you can't do it everywhere and for everybody. And I know for me, if, if you've ever had to find a pet sitter, it is so not easy to do because that's like saying here, babysit my kids for a week. And, you know, they're going to be in total charge of your furry family members while you're away. So here are some ways that you can weed out the qualified and professional pet sitters from those who might not be the best fit for you. There's several things here, like asking your friends for recommendations. Friends who you know care for your pets with the same degree of love and passion that you do. That will solve a lot of problems. But if you don't have any, then ask your veterinarian. There is also the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters or Pet Sitters International. And uh, 
course, any names that they would give you, you would have to check out the references, too. You can get a feel for the pet sitter's personality. Now, that can be really beneficial to find a sitter whose energy levels and temperament are a good match with your pet. Because, you know, a young, boisterous puppy may not be a really good match for an older pet sitter and vice versa. Uh, go ahead. Go all out. Compile a questionnaire. But you don't have to do this because, actually, the Humane Society of the United States has a pretty comprehensive list of qualifications you can use to screen potential pet sitters. And these should include questions about liability insurance coverage, if, uh, you know, companies that employ pet sitters, if they are bonded to protect against theft and Also, of course, have them provide those all-important references. And not necessarily uh, their friends, but professionals in the field that you can also check their references. References on references. Uh, Make sure that you also maintain your pet's normal routine. That is going to help a lot. Spell out all of the details, too, before hiring a sitter. Make your list of requirements and make sure that they're all discussed and included in signed contracts. If you've been listening to us, you know that we've had several stories over even just the last couple of years about oh, pet sitters or boarding agencies that have been sued when horrible things happen to animals who you know, were supposed to have been well cared for. So be prepared as even just writing out your list of details and pet personality profiles uh, can take hours. So take your time. And in adding my own time-saving tip here along those lines, write up your pet schedule the information, the personality profiles, and all of that information in, say, a Word document on your computer because that way you can just print out a hard copy, leave on the counter at home as you walk out the door in case, you know, the pet sitter comes over. There will be a copy there if they've forgotten it. And you can also email a copy to the pet sitter just to cover all the bases when you ask for their services so they know what to expect when taking on your job. It's also going to save a lot of time for the next time that you need to go away or for next year. And then that way, when you have it on your computer, it's pretty easy to update the medications or their feeds when they change due to age and conditions. Health stuff. Yeah, that's, Did I do okay, Judy? Yeah, that's a you know really good idea. I tell my clients you can never write down too much. A lot of them leave me a list. I said, go ahead and leave it. I love it. But you know what? I've never asked them to email it to me ahead of time, but I think that's something I'm going to do. So when I go over there, I'm prepared instead of going over there and having to read all the information so I can absorb it ahead of time. Great idea. Ah, well, thank you. Um, I'm one of those people, probably your, your worst nightmare when, you know, I say, here, I'll, I'll be out of town for three days and, um, here's the book on how to take care of my <laughs> And I know you guys are all the same way. Everybody says, you know, oh, I know you're going to think this is crazy, but this is the way, you know, it's like, no, everybody has their own way, a la mode cat food or this layer, this on top of this in this certain way, a certain place in the house. Nope. Everybody has their Just own. Just how it is these days. It this is. is. This is the new norm. Yeah. And you have to do it the way that they do it so the pet feels comfortable. Sure. Well, they're your kids. And and I know for myself, I found a lot of great comfort when they would send um, photos and yep. videos. Uh, yes. Yep. I like that, but, and then, you know, in getting to talk with my partner and stuff, we, I, I get confused and I said, you know, we could always have her pick up a copy of the day's newspaper, hold it up in front of them, so we really know. <laughs> Isn't that horrible? Yeah, because they could go the first day and take 20 videos and send one a day. Uh, yeah. You're just trying to protect your babies. Yeah. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. 
This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you will be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. It is so easy to reach Dr. Debbie, toll-free at 1-866-405-8405, or Joey Volani. And uh, don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And we go to Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. Hi. Where are you calling from today? Huntington Beach. Oh, so listening on coast, I imagine. Yeah. Well, how can we help you? I have the team here for you. Okay. Well, um, we have a coyote epidemic. Yeah. And um, they've been really bad. And there was actually a cat, what was left of it, on our lawn over the weekend. But my question is, is I have a cat that was an outdoor, pretty wild kind of a cat. And um, he became, now he's like totally tame and he's totally my sweetheart cat. (laughs) But he wants to go out at night. And I've tried to keep him in and he paces and he cries and he, you know, tries to get out windows. And um, I don't know what to do about it. And I end up letting him out, but I'm just afraid I'm going to lose him one of, you know, with this problem Mm. going on. Yeah, is yeah. There anything at all I can Well, the the challenge is because once they have that lifestyle, um it can be very difficult to kind of retrain kitties to be indoors. Yeah, that's what I so, figured. Yeah. Um so I think you have to decide kind of how much uh, fortitude you have for this adventure. It can be done, definitely. Um and a lot of it kind of falls into improving the indoor environment and enriching that as much as we can. So that might mean building things like little cat shelves. Um, I know in the show we've talked before about having little kitty um, patios and uh, the little window enclosures that kind of uh, you can have like a bay window for cats. Things to help give them that sensation of being outside. outside but in. Yeah. Really even being beyond that to create an indoor environment that has little hide spots um, and high, very high vertical you know, perching sites. Because cats like security of that being up high gives them. So if you can try to create some of that indoors, then you know, you're giving them some of the, at least what he does outside. Now we can't necessarily recreate all the other stuff and that's where having either a window or some other kind of interactive items um, you know, giving food and uh, like cardboard boxes where he has to kind of hunt and find things inside there. Some cats do well with some of the other automated toys, um, like the little laser like toys. To, he doesn't really play or like do anything. He just, I mean, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't really like toys. I did get him to bounce around a rubber band for a minute the other day for the first time. Oh, be careful with that. Jeez, oh gosh. Oh, I no. can't tell you how many rubber bands I've removed out of cat's stomach. So. Oh, no, I'm with them when, I, when we do it. Well, you know, I have to say, um, the coyote issue, I mean, in my hospital right now, we have a little dog that was torn apart by two coyotes. So it, it's huge. It, it's in all the urban areas. It's not just in remote areas. So 
I know it's difficult, and that's why I say, you know, how much fortitude do you have? Because you know that outdoor dogs and cats, especially cats that are running at, at large, are going to potentially encounter coyotes, and they really don't stand much. Well, even that the night that this cat ended up attacked on our front lawn. Oh, so, well. I, I wish you luck with that, and I definitely knew that you know the coyote issue is huge. So hang in there and, and keep that baby safe. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to the Dream Team right now. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again—the one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets, whether that be a flamingo, a wallaby, a um, which it shouldn't be a wallaby, but I think, no, no, <laughs> you know who we have on the phone with us is Dr. Lori Hess. She's joining us again. It's been a couple of years since she's been on, and she is a veterinarian that specializes in exotic pets, exotic animals, and she has a brand new book out, and it's all about your adventures as an exotic animal doctor, huh? Exactly. All the crazy experiences I've had, crazy, silly, funny, heartwarming, sometimes unbelievable stories uh, about working with exotic pets and their owners. What uh, What did you say is the, probably the most bizarre exotic pet you've worked with? Oh, boy. Uh, I've been doing this for 20 years. Um, I've worked with some monkeys. I don't think they make good pets, and I don't really promote them as pets, but I do have some crazy stories about them. Yeah, what about the monkeys? Tell, tell us a little bit more about the monkeys. <laughs> how, how wants a monkey? I don't I'm want a monkey. To... I know it would be inhumane. Okay. Um, well, the monkey story actually happened about two weeks out of school for me when I just graduated from veterinary school, and I was very green, very, very nervous as a veterinarian. I was working at a very large animal hospital in New York City called the Animal Medical Center, the size of a human hospital. And there are about a hundred animals in the hospital, basically, um, and every animal that walks through the door, uh, between the hours of midnight and 9 a.m., I was responsible for all the animals in the hospital and everything that walked through the door. And one of the things that walked through the door at about 3 a.m. was a monkey. And I had no monkey medicine in veterinary school. So um, I walked into this exam room, and my receptionist, who was normally very calm and very bored because she'd worked there for 30 years, was screaming at me to go to room three, go to room three. And I opened room three's door, saw this man who didn't speak very much English and was yelling and waving his arms around and um, gesturing at a very large cat that was sitting in a some kind of Sherpa-like bag. And it wasn't a house cat. It was some larger cat. I think it was a serval. I can't really remember. It's 20-plus years ago now, but... I said to him, the cat looks fine, calm down, he's really okay, and he said, no, 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 and he grabbed another bag, this little gym bag, and he opened it up, whipped it open on the table, and in the bag was a little monkey that was unconscious. It had an IV line and a bag of fluids dripping into one arm, and then the other arm was missing from the elbow down, so it was just bloody and, and just a mess. So naturally, I freaked out very quietly to myself, thinking I have no idea what to do with this. I excused myself, called my supervisor in the middle of the night, and she said, just take precautions. 
So I don't know whether you've seen the movie Outbreak, but um, I went and got every single piece of protective gear that I could find, <laughs> booties and masks and hats and full body armor, and went back into the exam room, only to have this owner think that I was just some sort of crazy, crazy vet, crazy lunatic. And he proceeded to explain to me that the monkey had been seizuring, and he had been to another veterinarian, couldn't afford to treat the animal there. It had been given some fluids with Valium in it to try to prevent the seizures from happening. It had seizured at home, scared the cat. The cat bit the monkey's arm off, and now he wanted me to take the monkey's arm out of the cat and put it back on the monkey. <laughs> oh, wow. Remember, two weeks out of school, not ready for this. Didn't have monkeys one-on-one in school, <laughs> really not ready. So I admitted the monkey to the animal hospital. I did the good thing that every veterinarian should do, which is take an x-ray of the cat. And big cat, little monkey, the hand of the monkey, you could see it intact, um, folded up into a little fist. It was passing through the monkey, through the cat, and actually had passed all the way down to the colon on the way out like a chicken bone in the cat, not causing any problems. Um, and I explained to the owner there was no way we were salvaging the monkey's hand, but that we needed to put the monkey back in the hospital, and we did. We treated it. We I cleaned up and did some surgery on his hand to his elbow, basically. And unfortunately, the monkey passed away um, about a week later, and we found some herpes particles, herpes virus particles, in his brain. And there's a very serious disease called herpes B, which is fatal to uh, people. Um, and it can be transmitted through monkeys. It doesn't necessarily hurt them, but can hurt people and kill them. And for a while, we were all sweating at the animal hospital wow. about who had touched this monkey, but it turned out it was actually herpes simplex, which is cold sore herpes. So someone had kissed the monkey at home and effectively caught, killed it. Mm. So, yes, I didn't make that up, and, and it, it's really, really happened. And 23 years later, that's still perhaps my best story. Dr. Lori Hess is with us. She is the author of the book, Unlikely Companions. I wonder what kind of animals you have at home. Currently, um, yes. well, I've had many, many different kinds of animals. I, too, have a cockatoo. I will tell you, he's a lot of work. He's a Goffin's cockatoo. Um, I have another parrot called a Pionis parrot, sort of a middle-sized parrot that I've had for 20-plus years. Um, I have four cats, and I have an African gray parrot who lives at my hospital. His name is Target, and she was named after the store, and her story <laughs> is actually in our book. And then I have two teenage sons. So. Wow. <laughs> and who is the highest maintenance? Uh, definitely the children, no doubt. <laughs> I have to tell them to take care of the other animals, and the other animals are much more self-sufficient than my children. You mentioned the two cockatoo <laughs> is a little bit high maintenance. Yeah. What makes the cockatoo high maintenance, and would you recommend that to anybody? Well, cockatoos, as Joey can attest, you know, they they need a lot of attention. They're very, very social. They are like the, the last birds of the bird world, you know, the lap dogs of the bird world, they really need to be out a lot. They get very stressed when their owners are not around, and they're really only good for people who can spend a lot of time with them every day. But the other birds in my house are more self-sufficient. You give them a toy, you give them the TV, they can occupy themselves for a while. Is there a certain program that you like to watch? Oh, he watches cartoons. Yeah, cartoons. he loves all the cartoons, as much color and noise as possible. And I would imagine repeats everything he hears on TV. He does. He talks a lot, and that's, you know, a hazard around birds. you got to watch what you say because if you don't want it repeated, you never know what's going to come out of them. <laughs> Dr. Lori Hess, the website, lauriehessdvm.com. And let's go ahead and give away seven copies of this book right now. If you're not lucky enough to get on through at toll-free, 405 8405 
Head on over to Amazon.com or your favorite bookstore and ask for Unlikely Companions, The Adventures of an Exotic Animal Doctor. Thank you so much for visiting with us again. Well, thank you for having me. It was lots of fun. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Dr. Debbie, I salute you. Why is that? You have a tough job. It is It is a very tough job because you have animals that, uh, frankly, probably don't want to be poked and prodded and blood taken and... You have to deal with animals hands on you have you you must get bit don't you you know it happens, but I, I think a lot of it is as I get older you know i i don't want to see an animal disturbed and if if I pick up a sign that they're uncomfortable with the situation it's it's time to take a step back or try something else drugs um uh, you know maybe just coming at it a different direction um just so that they're more at ease so i I try not to get bit that's usually a sign that I have failed in my job <laughs> to at least communicate on the animal's level, so it's better not to get bit. <laughs> Yeah, but I got to tell you, it takes a lot of fortitude to do what you do. And I know that there's a brand new movement. It's the fear-free movement. You've heard about it, right? You've heard about it on the show, yeah. Yeah, well, I think a lot of veterinarians do employ some of those techniques. But, yeah, this is a more formalized way to address this, not just in the vet office, but at home, too. And basically what it is, is it's a way to make your animals like the vet Enjoy going to the vet. Maybe even want to go to the vet. And not just the vet. Go to the groomers uh-huh. to take a car ride. If you want to enjoy vacationing with your pet, getting in a car and going for an hour or two drive, um, or having to take them to the groomers to get their hair trimmed and their ears cleaned, you know, rather than go in and just hope for the best that they're going to be well adjusted, you want to set them up for success. Uh-huh. Train them to tolerate and find these things okay and unscary. That's the thing. They're scared. They just don't understand it. So expose it to them in good positive experiences and and that'll help them be more well-rounded well a lot of great experts are coming around to this fear-free movement is what they're calling it and one Mm -hmm. of those is steve dale certified animal behavior consultant steve dale yes the iconic legendary steve dale will be on the show today with us to talk about the fear-free movement and how to make it so that your pets do like going to the vet or to the groomer or those places that they usually don't like going. So be listening and uh, have have your pen and paper. I got my pen and paper. I'm going to be taking all kinds of notes so that I make sure the next time I go to the vet with my cat, who just despises it, just doesn't <laughs> like it, I'm going to make sure that next time she does like it. Because she'll have to go. They have to go because if you don't give them the medical treatment that they need, I mean, they're not going to live the long extended life that you hope. Right. Or I can give you another example. Uh I've I've seen cats that come to the office that I can't touch. I cannot physically 
get them out of the carrier without Whoa. myself or an owner getting injured. So those are cats. Unfortunately, I can't do a whole lot. They got to go under gas anesthesia for me to handle them. So had we rewound that situation years prior and exposed them to getting in a carrier, going to the vet, you know, going somewhere in a carrier just to not be so afraid, it would have been so nice. Okay, well, there's plenty of time for us to learn now so that we can uh, make our vet visits better in the future. Uh, let's see. We're about to go to the phones, toll-free at one 405 At the bottom of the hour, we're going to visit with our Miss Lori Brooks from the Animal Radio Newsroom. The palatial animal. You know what? Why is it your studio is much bigger than ours? I don't understand um, it. Is that a part of your deal? I, I, well, I pay rent, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have to when you bring four dogs to work with you. Uh, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, we're going to talk about um, some of the, oh boy, amazing exotic animals that people are buying online. Oh. It's kind of sad. I have to warn you about this one. And this is Shocking. happening in Nevada, too, I understand. Mm-hmm. Can I mention any of the animals that you're going to be talking about, or will that blow the story? No, you can talk about Yeah, we're going to talk about um, wallabies, which are from the yeah kangaroo family. Do you see any and wallabies there? In uh, Of course, you practice in Nevada, Dr. Debbie. I certainly do, but no, we, we do not see wallabies at my office, so... Uh, not uh, would you not know how to treat that, a, wallaby if, a wallaby you know I, I definitely have doctors that do um, myself no <laughs> I, I would proceed with great caution around a wallaby <laughs> yeah that would be I wonder if you need a fear-free movement for those exotic pets yeah. you know? uh, okay so we're gonna talk about that in just a couple of minutes and Lori has a news story on what's happening in Nevada and actually across the country and online uh, let's go to the phones. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Hey, Violet, how are you doing? Fine, how are you? Good. What's going on in your world? Actually, I have a problem with a cat that keeps on going in, in my one room, and she's got her own room and her own little tree and everything, but I can't let her out because she's got hit by the car twice. Mm. She waits for okay. the cars to come, and then she zooms out at me. Mm. She's, she's a danger lover. She's pooping in my room, and she keeps on pooping there. So now okay. I don't know. Um, someone told me to get some miracle stuff to put down, clean it up. I've tried um, her, uh, oh, gosh, uh, kitty litters. I've went through so many of them. Um, mm-hmm. I went back to her old one now. Now um, someone told me to do like a little rescue remedy in her water. Now mm-hmm. I put a couple drops. I don't know how many drops I should put in, but I put like five. But now we're seeing something different. She's stressed out. Mm-hmm. So now okay. I'm just wondering what kind of behavior, what can I do for her? Okay. So let me just get this clear. She um, she stays indoors, and yes. she has how many litter boxes? She has one, two, three, four, five in one room. In one room, one location. Wow. Okay. Now I don't want her missing. <laughs> okay. And then are there other kitties in the home? Um, In the other room. There's another room. Okay. So she does not leave this room? No, she does not. Okay, so then how is she getting to another room and and going inappropriately? No, she's doing it in her room. Ah, in her room. Okay. Yeah. All right, so there's other cats. And and, and it's sad what she's doing. It's kind of what? Okay, yeah. And it's not malicious. She's not doing it to tell you that she's pissed at you. She's she's unhappy. She's very unhappy with her situation. Now, is she only pooping out of the box or is she peeing out of the box? No, she's peeing in the box, but she's pooping outside. Okay. All righty. So 
this is a little bit kind of odd situation, I'll be honest, Violet, because a cat that only lives in one room, she's got a very enclosed small area. So she may be hearing things in the other rooms. She may be, you know, smelling things, other cats, other people, animals going by. And that can be a stressful thing. So in some situations, cats will just have a complete aversion to their litter box. And then sometimes it's stress related. So um, I like the idea that you're giving her ample sights, but she's still not liking it. She's, she's, there's something about the litter box environment that she's not happy with. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, I, I would love it if she had more room in the home that she could call her own because that would be a yeah, more natural I, I exploration. And the next day we got presents again. We'll let her back in her room because she'll try to go out the doggy door and, and then we have to catch her before she runs out to the street. Mm, okay. All right. And, so um, I've tried other stuff for her, but it's just, it's really hard because I don't want her getting hit by a car. I don't want her... She thinks dogs love her to death, that they'll eat her, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Violet, your challenge is going to be that it, it's not going to be what we give her to make her stop this. It's going to be how we change things in her current environment to make her go into the litter box. Okay. So it's really, she's she's like someone at a fair who really doesn't want to use that porta potty okay. and will go crouch in the alley because they don't want to go in that dirty porta potty. I'm telling you. Um, or... Or something, something that's upsetting in that litter box area. So I like the idea if you've tried litter changes. There may be other things we do. We take the lids off the litter boxes. We may try... We may try other things in addition to that as far as a regular litter box for some cats is just too tall. Um, so we'll try a lower uh, profile litter box, like I an under... Ca- a smaller one, and then a uh-huh. bigger one, and then I can well, not just off. Not just small in size. So the size of a litter box should be one and a half times the length of the cat. But we also want a low profile one. That means a low ledge to step over. And usually carpet, um, or I'm sorry, um, storage boxes that go under beds, you know, for like... Uh, uh, wrapping oh. paper, things like that. Those are nice and low. Oh. Now, we may say we're going to try something totally alternative in that litter box besides litter. Now, we can try scoopable litter. Most cats prefer scoopable litter over clay-style litters. But we may even try other things. Like I've had cats that like to go in dirt or that like to go in grass outside. So we may actually put those items inside her litter box. Um, the other thing I would ask you to put in the litter is a product called Cat Attract. And um, it helps to attract and draw attention to the litter box and makes kitties want to go in that area. So that might be one thing to try there. Um, and then as far as, you know, we just need to make sure we're making our kitty as comfortable as possible. So pheromones are helpful. Um, she may be a cat. We need to take her to the vet talk to the vet and see if she's a candidate for behavioral medications. Um, but everything you're describing to me is that she is unhappy about her living situation. And she's not doing it to spite you. She's not trying to get you mad. She's just, she doesn't know what to do. And, and this is how she's expressing herself. I thought maybe because when she got hit by the cars twice, maybe something happened to her. <laughs> You know, you know and, and that's one reason why to try the low-profile uh, litter box may be one thing to do. And I don't know the extent of her injuries, but, yeah, absolutely. If she had something down in the pelvic area, that can cause pain. And so if we have some kind of chronic pain back there, you know, that's the next yeah, thing. So yeah, so yeah. That, that, too, I would make sure, talk um, to your veterinarian about that. Yeah, my other one, my other veterinarian's giving her um, glucosamine. Great, good, so, good. And she actually hung herself on a fence but she goes outside she's she, and she pees in the toilet so she's, she's, <laughs> but she's, we'll she's kind of figured own, out own um thing and she doesn't want no one in there so we have to keep hers only period hers 
Mm-hmm. So um, Casey tells you everything about her. So <laughs> wow, really trippy. That's, I mean, I'm never that's a lot of poopy details here. We got Violet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hope that's of some help. I mean, you've definitely got kind of a lot of things going on with trying to manage. And, and definitely, you know, I like the idea you got a tree for her, give her things to do, those little hammies that you put by the window so she can look outside. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those cat dispensing interactive toys, you know, treats, you so know, things for her to do. kind of thing that plugs in the wall also. It's a, a well, yeah, that, that's... Um, it, that, that's the pheromone diffuser, and that's a scent hormone that has a natural calming effect. So it can help. I don't find a lot of time it helps tremendously with defecation issues. It's usually more for cats with, uh, with elimination issues. So they're peeing in inappropriate spots. But, it, but you can try it. it. It wouldn't hurt, certainly. So um, Now I'm thinking it's more that she wants attention. No, she's not defecating for attention. Cats don't do that. They don't do that. It's not in the, it's not in their playbook. Um, she's defecating for either, say, a medical reason that she's having pain, or that she has she's unhappy with her litter box environment. So those are the, the focuses that I would really don't turn it into a human emotion. Cats don't think that way. Um, it's really how we can make her happy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. If you have cats, I bet you didn't realize there's a connection between common health problems in cats to the type of litter you use. Ammonia forms in the litter box and can cause vomiting, diarrhea, drooling, panting, and even upper respiratory infections. You can stop this by switching to Cat's Incredible Litter. It has patented technology that stops ammonia from forming, with all profits going to help animals in need. Available now at your local pet store and Petco stores nationwide. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. If you haven't had a chance yet to check out the Animal Radio website or download the Animal Radio app, you should do it for so many reasons. The Animal Radio app is a great app to have. First of all, it's free. So that's the best price there. Free 99, free. That's the kind of price that I like. And the good thing about it is if there's ever a recall, a pet food recall, and you know it happens so often, or something that you need to know that affects the health of your pet, you will get a notification straight to your phone just like that. This is for iPhone, this is for Android, and it is for BlackBerry, if anybody still has a BlackBerry phone. And then, of course, over at the website at animalradio.pet, if you hear an interview on Animal Radio, there's a good chance that maybe it ran longer than we had time to air on the uh, the radio station here. So you can hear full, unedited interviews over at animalradio.pet. Also, the stuff we can't air because it's too naughty. <laughs> oh, now you've got their <laughs> yeah, attention. That's yeah, that's all, that's all you had to say. Okay, and uh, let's see. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Steve Dale about the fear-free movement. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, from the world of sports, a uh, big sports name who has, uh, well, he loves his dog so much that he's gone so far as to freeze the dog's blank. <laughs> freeze the dog's blank? Blank. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll fill in the blank for you. Okay, that's on the way in just a few minutes. Let's hit the phones. You ready, Dr. Debbie? Yes, let's do it. And we go to Vicki. Hi, Vicki. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? I am in Idaho. Mm, is that where you live? Very beautiful place. 
I'm actually a chick driver, and I'm on the road right now. Okay, a chick driver? Is, is that what you called yourself? <laughs> I like that. Chicks drive much better than guys. I understand you want to talk to Dr. Debbie. Hi yes. there. Hi. I so have what do you got going a nine-year-old Boston Terrier, and she has uh, demodectic mange mites. Okay. And I'd like to know if there's something that's natural that I can treat her with. Okay. So how was this diagnosed? Um, the is, she, is she having the problems? Creeping. or? Uh, yeah, her, her cheeks get a little bit puffy and red, red spots, and so the vet did a scraping. Alrighty. Well, I guess we'll back up a little bit because demodex mites are really common in the Boston Terriers. Um, it's, you know, more common, I'd say, in the young pups, um, because it is a function of their immune system and how it's maturing. So there's the young dog form and kind of the old dog form or mature dog form. Um, so in a young dog, I expect this in a Boston and I'm not too bothered by it. In an older dog, it does bother me if we detect demodex mites and not so much because the mites themselves for serious, but in order for it to occur in an adult dog, there's usually got to be something wrong that's kind of making their immune system out of whack, because the normal pet um, actually, believe it or not, has these mites on their skin. I might even find them on a perfectly normal pet if I scrape their skin. The, the, the problem is, is when their immune system and their skin can't kind of fight this off. So for an adult dog like right. yours, I would say, okay, you know, there's ways to treat the mites, but my bigger concern is why did she get these? And I'd want to make sure we check for a couple different health problems because it's real common in dogs that have underlying hormone problems like thyroid problems, um, Cushing's disease, which is an adrenal gland problem, um, diabetes, and you know even cancers and so forth. So other things that kind of take her stresses away from fighting off the mites are going to be my bigger concern. The mites can be treated, um, but for an adult dog, sometimes it's much harder to treat them and to get rid of them because of these underlying factors. So um, that would be my my big goal and my big focus for her that I, I would urge you to do. Um, okay. Now, in answer to your question, is there something natural you can do? Uh, not really. Um, sometimes we'll use probiotics to boost immune support, um, but really it's a function to get into the heart of the problem and then to address these mites. Um, okay. She is a blue and white Boston, and because they're not typically supposed to be blue, she has had a lot of skin problems. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so she's been treated for skin cancer. Um, oh, really? Okay. And then the mite kind of come and go at different times of the year. Mm, okay. Okay. And, and having the blue color dilution um, in a lot of breeds, yeah, that signals uh, kind of a life lifelong skin disorders and problems and they just don't have the normal defenses when it comes to uh, dermatological problems so um, so I don't think I would necessarily look so much for something natural that's going to cure this um, I would definitely want have they used um, ivermectin in the past for her yes Okay, because that's the the best line therapy is a drug called ivermectin, um, unless we have a herding breed like a collie or an Australian shepherd. Um, but that's something that I would definitely kind of lean towards that route. Yeah, that's typically what um, I use whenever they do flare up. I just thought that maybe there was something more natural that I could give her. Yeah, and, and I, you know, talk to your vet if they're suspicious about any of the other problems. It might just be something as simple as doing, you know, starting with some routine lab work and screening like the thyroid level, see if there's any hints of Cushing's disease, because um, those aren't un- uncommon either in Boston Terrier. So um, just so we're not missing something on that radar. Alrighty. 
Well, thank okay. you. You're welcome, Vicki, and thank you so much for the calling. Give that baby a pat on the head for us. Okay, I will. Once again, it is one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. Download that puppy now. This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more about them over at redbarninc.com. And, of course, thank you so much to all of our underwriters, including Red Barn. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, spay or neuter your animals today. The Movie Man six-second review starts now. A surprisingly sweet, entertaining treat for both kids and their parents. Trolls put Smurfs to shame, my man. Just because you don't have time to read a book doesn't mean you can't enjoy stories about artists and groups that you love. To discover a whole new world of audiobooks and hear the stories that made the music, visit HappylandAudio.com. That's HappylandAudio.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. You know, it might be perfectly legal in Nevada, but there is something very, very unsettling about seeing wallabies, a marsupial, a protected species in Australia, up for sale at a pet store in Las Vegas. But Nevada, if you don't know, really does have pretty relaxed laws on exotic pet animal ownership. And uh, if you live there, you do not need a special permit to own a marsupial. Wow. The store called yeah, Exotic Pets advertises that it is USDA licensed and certified. The USDA meaning, of course, the government. But in Australia, you'd have... a an absolutely difficult, horrible time trying to take a wallaby or a kangaroo home because there, you know, most are protected species and therefore it's illegal to own one in Australia. And here we have this store here selling wallabies for $3,500 each. But there's really no price that would be able to, you know, protect them. Uh, wallabies, if you don't know, are very much like kangaroos. They are from the same family of large-footed mammals called macropods. A wallaby, though, is a little smaller than a kangaroo. And both, though, are very prone to stress-related diseases brought on by contact with humans and other animals. So, you know, raising them where in their non-native area is probably not a good thing. But they can also be aggressive when they reach sexual maturity, posing potential danger to their owners or potential owners. But also very disturbing on this pet store's website, I couldn't believe this, they have baby Galapagos giant tortoise hatchlings from only three weeks old to a few months old and they're selling them for five thousand dollars a piece but you have to email them because that does not include shipping so you have to email them and uh, find out where you live so they will know how much to charge you so they ship these things it just seems isn't that illegal Galapagos tortoise that's got to be illegal you would think so they're no longer on the endangered species list but still Having come back from that, 
they are there are projects all over the world that donate to um, special charities who are on the Galapagos Islands that are trying to you know reestablish their numbers. But it seems I mean they're going to live to be a hundred years old. Yeah, it, wow. it seems wrong when they're on you know on still on that verge of extinction. Couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah. So some of the things you find. A New York cat with really super long protruding teeth has gained a following on social media, especially, you know, post-Halloween. Maybe you saw this. Uh, he's got a really kind of a vampire-like appearance. His Instagram profile, Monk and Bean, chronicles the daily lives of the vampire cat, Monk, and fellow rescue cat, Bean. And they live with their owner in New York. I think it's Long Island. But Monk's mom says the black cat came to her in a really dark time of her life and sort of provided proof that black cats are good luck. Good luck, she says. She tells this story. She says, my mother and I were driving home, and... This black cat darted out in front of the car, and they nearly hit him, she said. At that time, however, she continues, I needed rescuing as well, something we're also talking about today. Uh, She said she had lost her father to brain cancer and a close friend in a plane crash right after or right before that had happened, rather. And she believed that seeing this black cat that he was sent to her, that a guardian angel is what he was in the form of a vampire kitty. And if, you know, that sounds kind of strange maybe to some people, but it's really a, a good feeling if you see the picture of Monk. Um, since being adopted, Monk has gained more than 28,000 followers on Instagram due to his um, really long teeth or three quarters of an inch long. So he's got like these vampire fangs that <laughs> hang down, but still vets say he is completely healthy. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good thing. And uh, Lewis Hamilton's pet bulldog, Roscoe, who occasionally accompanies the famed Triple One world champion to races, has had Roscoe's sperm frozen to ensure that Roscoe can have puppies in the future. Or maybe that Hamilton can have Roscoe's pet. That sounds kind of odd, too, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Hamilton uh, revealed the news on the dog's Instagram account, which is Roscoe Loves Coco. Coco's their female dog. But they uh, set it up in the pet's names, and they're followed by nearly 100,000 fans because bulldogs are just cute. Yeah. Hamilton posted a photo of the adorable three-year-old dog saying, Roscoe is in good spirits due to some complications. We have had him snipped. And then the post continues that, however, since he's the best-looking bulldog, I decided to freeze his sperm so that I could have his pups. Okay, well, maybe a female will have his pups. (laughs) Then it's followed with the hashtag, best dog in the world, and uh, some really cute pictures. But it turns out that Coco had appeared with Hamilton, but without Roscoe on Good Morning America recently after the U.S. Grand Prix which prompted a lot of questions about, hey, you are always photographed with Roscoe. Where is he? Mm. So Mm. now we know. There you go. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you will be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Who let the dogs out? that time again to go shopping for our animals and our pet loving friends and it's actually something i usually wait till uh well as you know the last minute i will go to 7-eleven and i will uh get well, you got the air freshener i last know year. i'm wondering what kind of air freshener i'm gonna get this year i mean let me do you something different that they have different ones not just the usual christmas trees yeah i like how you're hanging the air freshener right above the litter the cat litter though yeah, that's so. uh, it makes a great pet present yeah maybe you can get a couple more this time there's an idea if for those of you looking for last minute <laughs> presents for your animals for your pet lover <laughs> uh, but you've actually compiled a list and over the next couple of weeks you're going to go over these lists and we're going to have giveaways from the list we are you know and the first item i want to start with and you know let me explain okay. when i say it's a vacuum cleaner you know the women are going oh great you want my husband to get me a vacuum cleaner well, this <laughs> isn't just any vacuum cleaner Uh-oh. this is the bissell Pet hair eraser oh, really? vacuum. Yes. Now, I'm one of those people that, you know, I would be very upset if my husband got me a vacuum cleaner, but I have to say I got one of these, and wow, it has made... It doesn't really make a big difference. It, you know, it does. It really does, because not only will this do, you know, the hardwood floors, it will do rugs. I have certain rugs that the dog hair and the cat hair will not come out of with the vacuum cleaner. It stays, and I have to do like a lint roller and stuff, and it's a big rug, and I just can't get the hair out. Well, this gets it out. And get this, if you're a woman like me that has long hair, you always have to go, don't look at me like that, you always have to cut the hair <laughs> off the roller. You know, the roller gets full oh, yes, of the hair, roller gets, gets you all tangled, you have to cut this. Well, this has a tangle-free roller, so if you have long hair, it will not get caught up in there. Oh, well, that's good because I always hate cleaning up the house with the vacuum cleaner and then spending another hour cleaning the vacuum so it'll work. Yeah, and then you know when you take the hose off and you try to get in back behind the couch, well, this has an LED light, so it lights it up. You can see when you go back behind areas to do it. I have to say, this, women will change your life. If you hear how excited she is. She's it never this is. excited. Oh, I love it. Uh, the lady we, likes a good vacuum. She does. Like <laughs> yes, I do. I vacuum <laughs> I vacuum every day, so it has to be good. And before you go on to item number two, let's yes. go ahead and give away a Bissell Pet Hair Eraser Vacuum. Yes, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to the first caller to get through. And uh, by the way, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show and all of these items over at animalradio.com. So great little prize there. So you cheap men, call right now and uh, pick up this Bissell Pet Hair Eraser Vacuum for your wife. She won't be disappointed. Yes. Okay. Item number two. I, it's hard to explain, but it's called a Hug Dog Ring, and it's by Dog Fever. Huh? Picture this. Picture a ring okay. in the shape of a dog that curls around your finger. And you can get any breed you want in almost any color. So you can get a dog breed that 
you know, matches your dog and the same color as your dog, and you can wear it. You can get them in just plain sterling silver, or you can get them with painted enamel. Now, that's when the coloring comes in, so it can, you know, like a Boston Terrier will have black with the white stripe and everything for the Boston Terrier. You can get the breed, and they wrap around your finger. They are really, I mean, they are eye-catching. They, when I saw these, I thought, these are so cute. They're just so adorable. And if someone got one for me, I would just love it if it matched my dog. Yeah, and you can go high end too and get 18 karat gold with diamonds for the dog eyes. You can. They are, you know, they these are not cheap rings. They are handcrafted in Italy and they really show it. They handcrafted are, in Italy. They are. They are designer rings. They are gorgeous rings. And even Lady Gaga wears them. Oh, well, that's all you have yes, to say, really. Yes. Uh, if you'd like one of these Hug It Dog Rings by Dog Fever, why don't you call me right now, toll free at one 405 8405 and we'll hook you up. And then if you want to learn more about these, you can head over to our website at animalradio.com and see a list of everything that's on our list. Is that the list for today? That's all for today. Next week, we'll have more. This is Animal Radio, baby. The Movie Man six-second review starts now. A terrifically entertaining superhero origin story. You'll like getting to know Doctor Strange. I'm in. Just because you don't have time to read a book doesn't mean you can't enjoy stories about artists and groups that you love. To discover a whole new world of audiobooks and hear the stories that made the music, visit HappyLandAudio.com. That's HappyLandAudio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. On the phone with us, the legendary Steve Dale is joining us. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? <laughs> now, you know why I say legendary, well, right? You. Huh? Pardon me? You know why I say legendary, right? No. Because you were behind the uh, the whole thing with the Chicago White Sox, getting them to have the uh, dog days at the stadium. Yes, actually, that was me a very long time ago. How do you know this? I'm a big follower. I'll tell you that right now. I wanted to get you on the phone today because you're near and dear to a, a cause that's very near and dear to me, and that is the fear-free movement, making it easier for animals to go to the veterinarians. So they like going to the veterinarians. Dr. Debbie, have you uh, done anything at your office that encourages animals to feel comfortable well there's there's things we do to make them feel more comfortable and things that we don't do <laughs> so there's two different things and they definitely they've, it's changed since i've entered practice so we used to sometimes just get the job done whatever it took you know if you had to get blood you had to get something done no matter how stressed the dog was we just pushed through it and got it done got the animal out of there now we know you don't push them that far and you try to find rewards along the way so we use a lot of squeezy cheese peanut butter on sticks um treats uh Kitty pheromone sprays, all that kind of stuff um, we'll use to just kind of build good, positive associations with the vet visit. Steve, what is your take on the fear-free movement? Well, you know, I mean, a lot of us have been talking about this sort of thing. We didn't give it this sort of marketing buzzword, fear-free, uh, but we've been talking about some of the concepts. And then Marty Becker came along, Dr. Marty Becker, and said, you know what? We need to bring everyone together, and let's give it a name, and let's make it really work. And uh, it's called Fear Free, but here's what it's about. The reality is, and Dr. Yusi, if, if you agree with me, I'm about to go out on a ledge here, but I believe our pets feel oftentimes like they are out on a ledge up on the 80th floor of a building, uh. and someone is holding them, and they could be, I mean, they literally feel <laughs> like they are going to die. I would say, you heard me right, like they are going to die. I think that's the case for uh, a lot of cats. I think that's the case for some dogs, and I think that's the case probably for most pet birds, 
pet hamsters, pet gerbils, pet rats. I mean, no one can explain to them what it's about and why they are smelling all those smells they are smelling, which only intensifies their fear. Why they are hearing all those sounds they are hearing, which only serves to intensify their fear. And when the cat, you know, when the carrier comes out in the first place in the house, the cat usually is asking for another zip code, you know. Uh, and, and the reason for that is because the cat has made the association. I mean, a carrier is just like an empty box to a cat. That would be a good thing. But the cat has made an association very quickly that that means I'm going in the car and this moving thing that gets me to a place that I really don't like. What are some of the things a vet can do? to make the office and the visit more hospitable and uh, something that the animal would like to maybe even come back for? Yeah. Well, I, I want to start in the home if I can. Okay. So the, the first thing I think we need to do, if, if, if you are lucky enough to get a kitten, young cat, very young cat, very young age, or a puppy, go to the veterinarian. Uh, you hear that all the time. Yes, of course, go to the veterinarian, but I want you to go to the veterinarian to make an appointment. Not pick up the phone, not send a text, go to the veterinarian with that puppy or kitten just for a positive experience. And everyone in your office will say, this is the cutest puppy I have ever seen. Oh, what a cute puppy. And give the puppy treats. It'll be a great experience. Same with kittens. And do that, if you can, a couple of times. And, and if you have an adult dog, go to the veterinarian just for treats. And, and do it gradually, do it slowly. So if the dog doesn't like car rides, we have to acclimate, and I can talk about how to do it, uh, the dog to the car with a positive association. Now with cats, it's a bit more of a challenge. Uh-huh. Uh, so we start with the carrier, and we start with leaving out the carrier all the time so it's like a piece of furniture. It's just there. We spray pheromone, uh, feel away to be specific. Uh, it's an analog or a copy of a pheromone, uh, which is a naturally occurring substance that lots of species have. Uh, and this particular pheromone is sort of a, I own this, I feel good about it. Cats like owning things, calling it their own. And it's a copy of the pheromone found on a cat's cheek pad. So when they rub against your leg or a table leg, they're depositing a pheromone. There's a copy of that pheromone. Uh, it's a good thing. Spray that in the carrier. Uh, make it an automatic treat dispenser. So randomly throughout the day, you're dropping treats in there. And, wow, I get treats out of here. And over time, which is the key word, the cat will become to associate the carrier in a different way. Then eventually feed the cat out of the carrier. Then eventually zip it up or latch it up and walk around the house with the carrier for a minute or two and give your cat a tour of your house and then nonchalantly let the cat out and then the cat gets a meal right after. So the cat is associating the carrier with the meal. Then we do the car ride. You don't go to the veterinary clinic. You just go right back home after going around the block for a meal. So again, cat associates something good and eventually to the veterinarian, but not to be poked or prodded, just to get some treats and then right back home. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it because I will tell you, being anxious during a veterinary exam only makes you as the pet owner anxious, which makes the veterinary team anxious, 
which makes the pet even more anxious, which makes you even more anxious, and that makes the team even more anxious, and it snowballs and snowballs. It's and a vicious it cycle. Need to be that way. Yeah. All wise sage advice. I appreciate your time today, Steve Dale. If you want to learn more about Fear Free, visit fearfreepets.com, fearfreepets.com. And we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. I salute you, Steve. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you, guys. Well, it's about time for us to get on out of here. If you need your fix during the middle of the week, AnimalRadio.pet. Download the Animal Radio app and have yourself a great, safe week. We'll catch you next week right here for more Animal Radio. Bye-bye. Bye. Boy. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.